If you are putting on a show, of course you want to have one that people will talk about for the rest of the year, in a good way. But there are some common pitfalls you'll want to avoid, so exhibitors give you the good publicity you want. On this week's episode of Goat Gab, Cameron and I chat about some things to consider about shows, management, and some whatnot thrown in for good measure. Hello, Goat Gabbers. Welcome to our 36th episode of Goat Gab for this week. Um, I'm Laura Warren Hughes, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Cameron Jedlowski, the other co-host here. We are excited to be together once again and uh, excited to welcome all of you to sit down and um, enjoy some musings and discussion about our favorite thing, which is dairy goats. So yes, how are you doing, yes. Cameron? Um, not, I wouldn't say not the best. Um, you know, I, I, I left this weekend and went to a goat show and had a, had a, had a time there at the goat show. And, um, and I got home and we had a sick goat this week and she was doing better. And then I walked outside and, and she's not as well as she appeared to be. So, um, yeah, let's just kind of leave it at that. Oh man, I'm sorry. That always makes it hard when you leave and you come home because you, you know, you're not always sure what you're going to come home to. I mean, that's well, yeah, and you know, I worry about it less because obviously my dad's here, and you know, either I'm on the farm or he's on the farm when we go judge goat shows, so it's really not a big deal. But like the, the weird thing about it is, and I, you know, I think we, I kind of hinted at it, Laura, that we didn't want to talk about it, but you know, we're going to talk about it because I think it's something that every goat breeder just deals with and it's weird stuff you know weird stuff where you know the goat is fine you know at at one o'clock in the afternoon but then the goat is obviously less than fine just hours later well and i think part of the part of the thing with it goats are pretty stoic animals you know they don't it, it at least most goats in my experience they don't really let you know they're sick until they're really sick Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. And it's, and I was like, oh, this is, this, uh, it just, it, it just frustrates the heck out of me because I took this vote to the vet and they were like, yeah, we think it's something wrong with the abomasum. And so they gave us some stuff to treat it. And she responded well, really well to the treatment. And, you know, we kind of had backed off on a lot of the treatment and stuff because she was getting better naturally, responding really well to it. And we thought, okay, you know, we need to start weaning her off that. And clearly, I don't know if it's the recent spike in temperatures that really got her to her or something else, but um, yeah, it's not super great, but I think it's important to talk about because to be honest with y'all, everybody that listens, we're just like you guys, you know, our goats do weird things. We, we deal with heartbreak just like every other goat breeder does. Yeah. We, boy, isn't that the truth? Um, you know, kind of on that note, not not to be a Debbie Downer, but kind of kind of on that note, um, one of my does that I had um, been waiting for you know, and had some challenges to get bred, uh, finally did get bred this year. She was due the 11th of June, and um, she ended up kidding 10 days early. So that oh, was no. kind of unex- unexpected, and... I don't know why. I don't know if maybe she um, 
got into a fight with somebody. I mean, she is an alpine. <laughs> when they get into fights? Yeah, once in a while. Cameron, I'm not seeing any wave at all from my recording. You're talking. You're talking. Okay. I can hear I all can right. hear you. Okay. Yeah, I'm just worried that it's not I'll, picking up. I'll, but. I'll tell I'll tell you if you if I if I can't hear you. Or I'll okay. I'll communicate with you somehow. All right. So anyway, um she had a she had um a little tiny doe kid and you could tell she was early, just real real tiny bone, spindly spindly leg, spindly bone, and was doing that dreaded mouth breathing thing, you know, that you see does do and you're thinking, Oh, this is not good. And uh anyway, got that baby going and that dang doe ran across my barn and kind of made a big push and plopped out another baby like in a ball just oh, wow and it hit the ground hard i've not ever uh. had a doe do that before anyway i really think it broke its neck oh no when i uh, when i picked the little when i picked the little kid up and of course it was another doe mm-hmm. and of course she was bigger than the first one um she held her head funny and um you know despite everything i tried you know, I tried all of the things to stimulate her to breathe and and get going. Her heart was only going about uh, about forty beats a minute, and uh, I loved her and let her mom give her attention till she expired. And that's always, you know, you're right, Cameron. We all we all go through that. We we uh, have those hard kiddings and those those losses, just like everybody else. So, yeah, it's just you know it it. The kids, I feel like, you know, you know, it's emotional, but the older does, because you get connected to them, that's what makes, uh, that's just what makes your, what kind of, kind of rip your heart out and twist it around. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just gut wrenching. That's the word I'm looking for. Gut wrenching. Gut wrenching. You're right. And, and you're totally right. You know, you, I mean, you hate to lose kids, but you're kind of, every year you, you probably expect that some of them are not going to make it. That's just, you know, kind of how it goes, but yep. boy, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard when you, when you lose those big does and I'll just, uh, hope, hopefully maybe all of us can send some, get better vibes quickly to her and, and she can yes. through for you. So, yes, as well. Speaking of good vibes, I do want to send uh, a good vibe out to the Cockburn family. Um, I do know that they are having some health issues with one of their family members. So Travis and, and Cade and, and their family there, I do want to send a good vibe out there just so we get kind of all of the, the bad, bad vibes out of the way. So we're transitioning into the good vibe part of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Cockburn family, we're thinking of you guys. So, so, and also um, to uh, um, Brian and Karen McCann. Also, those are yes. some other goat family people that we've, we've uh, been keeping in our thoughts and prayers for a long time. Oh, so, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, definitely them too. Uh, we really, we all send good vibes out to everyone. And let's, you know, we, we, we spent some time on the bad vibe train. Let's hop on the good vibe train here. I think Laura, right? <laughs> exactly. So you got to do some well, traveling we this weekend. I did. Yeah. yeah. So I was out judging in um, North Carolina and Shelby at the Evan Evans show. 
Um, I don't know. See, I was super young when Evan kind of was at her peak. But one thing, Evan, that I do remember about Evan is she always loved to make people laugh. So I kind of tried to embody that and tried to really make sure that, you know, I was having fun as a judge because I found that if I'm having fun as a judge, other people notice that and it just kind of makes everybody feel comfortable. That makes the show a lot more fun on a lot of levels, whether you win or lose, if you're having a good time, that's good. Yeah. Yes. So uh, there was that. So I judged a, a youth show on um, Friday night and a buck show on Friday night. We didn't get done until about 1130 at night. And uh, then um, the Taco Bell closed at midnight and they didn't tell anybody. And we got this automated message that the Taco Bell is closing as I waited in the drive through line for 20 minutes. So, um, oh, it was, yuck. A, it was not a good Friday night. Most people would say, oh, yuck about Taco Bell, but <laughs> I thought one of Taco uh, Bell's selling points was that they're open until like three in the morning. Yeah, apparently not in Shelby, North Carolina, but, um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, but then I got up the next morning, we did, uh, senior does and junior does. And then, um, I kind of helped stay around and I actually ring stewarded um for the show because they kind of lack some of that and that really helped and then i my flight was about at three o'clock today we're recording on sunday here and um you know i stayed around and did the the senior show as well here today and we got done it started at eight and we got done at 10 30 wow that's pretty awesome i i wanted those goats lined up right i wanted those goats lined up as soon as he got done judging that last class. So he didn't even have to look for them. That's perfect. You know, Cameron, that kind of moves us into some things that we were going to talk about. We've, yes. we've had some, some ideas of different topics and, and uh, as, as we've talked during the week this week, both of us kind of had some things that we wanted to get off our chest and wanted to discuss and, and um, listening to some other podcasts kind of gave us some ideas uh, we know that the national show is a big topic on everybody's mind and, and, uh, and we are going to address some things about the national show and getting ready. And, and some of those might even eke into this podcast a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, really today, we're just going to kind of talk about some things that we just have noticed trends in the trends. Maybe it shows things that people are talking about or having issues with and, and just some things to get off, just just to kind of discuss that we think yeah. that are for the, maybe for the good of the group. How's that? Yeah, I, I, for the good of the group. That's probably the best way here. And, you know, some of it's probably been some of the musings on my mind as well or kind of been in my back notes. Or it's a carryover from that one show because we talked so much and we did not get everything on my list. Right. No, we didn't. And so that's a good segue into talking about shows. Um, This weekend, I actually took, I personally did not go to a show, but um, my daughters took a few animals to a show. And um, so, you know, they're adults, they're very capable, they've been capable for a long time. I'm just, frankly, I like to go to shows and, 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 um, this time I'm, I'm going by myself. So, or this time I let them go by themselves. I'm sorry. So anyway, um, that's what we did. And so 
I stayed home. They gave me the updates. And and one of the things, you know, everybody knows that shows are, are hard. Shows are difficult. Shows are hard to put on. It takes a lot of people to put on a show. But I think it's it's really important that we talk about that today because I think both uh, my daughters and also you, Cameron, saw where um, maybe some people need need to discuss the way shows are put on and what needs to happen at shows so that everybody has a better experience. Yeah, I agree on that. And it's, it, you know, it it definitely wasn't the worst show I've ever been to uh, from a running, from a show ran standpoint. Um, But it was no, nowhere near the best I will say as well. Um, So I guess Laura, why don't you dive into, cause it's, it's kind of two different things that kind of happened there, but Laura, why don't you go ahead and dive into your situation first? Well, um, this is something that's kind of been on my mind over several shows lately. Um, but one of them is, I think it's really important for people to realize there's a lot of work and there needs to be a lot of people involved in putting a show on. There's a lot of work that happens beforehand. And once you get to that show, there needs to be a lot of hands to really make that show successful. So here's where I'm feeling like there's a huge lack at shows and that is ring stewards. The very best, the best well run shows around have those ring stewards lined up ahead of time so that they know for which breeds and maybe even down to which classes Who's going to be standing there getting those animals into the line? Because I, Cameron, as a judge, I would imagine that you would agree. Ring stewards are really the ones that keep that show moving and keep it on track. Yes. You can only judge the animal as fast as you get them in the ring. That is, that's a Cameron Jodlowski original quote there. So other judges feel free to use it. Feel free to credit me though. <laughs> that's, that's important for me. Um, but the, the thing is, is that, as judges, we're not supposed to know the animal's name. We can't be, we're not supposed to be calling animals into the ring or calling exhibitors. We are supposed to be an impartial third party. Like that is, that is how it's set up that way. That being said, there are situations and days um, as judges, we do get involved in a little bit of ring steward ish types of situations. And that's because we as judges would like to finish judging in a prompt and timely manner as well. So at least from my experiences, um, you know, it really comes down to two things. One, there's two responsible parties here. One, actually there's three. Never mind, there's three. First is the body of the show to make sure that there is a ring steward there and to make sure said ring steward has proper paperwork. We ran into a situation on Friday night where we had no paperwork whatsoever for classes. We were using two computers for that. One of which was mine. One of which was another exhibitors computers in order to ring Stuart. And you know, these, they kind of roll with the punches, but they weren't great. They were computers that were flipping to tablet mode and it, it didn't really work out that well, to be honest. And there wasn't paper. You couldn't check them off. You couldn't, you didn't know who was in each class. Sometimes they didn't get the placing right. It was just kind of a mess in, in, in there. 
it ran smoother the next day when we did have the papers with all of the um, sanctioning or with all of the the good Nate Goats names there. Um, but it was it was not good. Well, Cameron, playing off of that, let me give you an example of um, why – another example of why that's so important. Um, and again, please, please, I, I hope that anybody that listens to this doesn't think that we're specifically calling out their show or calling out what their committee has done. But I think sometimes that real life lessons are helpful, helpful for people to really understand what's, what's happened. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, and we don't, and we don't mean to be mean. We don't. The, the, the issue is I look at this podcast as a vehicle to inform people on how to do things maybe a little better or see a different perspective. So we're just hoping to provide some different perspective and maybe some tips and tricks as well in order to, um, you know, run your show a little better. Right. right. Okay. So, so here's this example. A breed gets called up to be shown. Um, animals were entered late. So they were not added to the ring sheets with with the um understanding that oh we'll write them in so that we know that they're there okay so it's time for that breed to show you have a ring stored at the at the ring who doesn't see that there are supposed that there's no milking yearlings and doesn't see that there are supposed to be two two-year-olds in this two-year-old class um, the microphones aren't working in the barn, so announcements aren't being made so that everybody can hear what breed they're waiting on. And uh, the ring steward looks at their paper, looks like the class is there, tells the judge your class is complete. The judge judges the class. And then here come two more two-year-olds after that class has been judged. Yep. And... As an Edgar licensed judge, you cannot reopen the class after it's been judged. Right. And so the judge, you know, was very apologetic to the, to the exhibitor. And this is not, this exhibitor was not a first time exhibitor. This is an experienced exhibitor that they, that they missed an animal. And when it came down for, when it came down for grand champion, they didn't have enough to make sanction. So even though the, oh, and the exhibitor that um, missed out on that two-year-old class had been asked to bring extra animals to make sanction. So the leg was not official. The breed was not official just because things got missed in um, transferring information to the ring sheets. So, you know, I think that, that ring stewards are important and having those sheets are incredibly important. That's how that's, that's what runs your show. Yeah, I agree. I wish somebody a lot smarter than me, obviously would build an app for this or something. Cause like you can use um, like the showman app and that's pretty good, but I would love to see the ability to do it either um, via like a, a local location where you can just do all of the classes, load them in when you're on an internet from an iPad. And then all you got to do is press one, you know, first go fancy one, you know, um, lullaby two, you know, phantom three, you know, just something like that. 
or or you know even if you have Wi-Fi in the barn or some type of Wi-Fi enabled device, a phone or something like that would be cool. That, I would pay money for that. Well, I think a lot of people would pay money for that, and and I know there are some really good apps out there, and, and I've heard several people say that that Showman app works really well. But yeah. it's like anything else with computer garbage in garbage out if you don't if you don't get the animals in there and you don't have your ring sheets updated and you know that showman app is only as good as what you've put into it mm-hmm. you're going to be in trouble i mean that's just oh yeah that's just all there is to it so yes so yeah that's so the first thing ring steward very important and the second thing is is the exhibitors so you as exhibitors have a responsibility to make sure that your animals are there um, and they're promptly as well. If you have to run back in between pens or maybe you're in a different barn, that's a problem because you are taking up time from that there. And I get it. I've been to goat shows where I've had 40 goats and I'm the only one there. However, I take a tie chain, invest in a simple tie chain or some straps or something. If you bring a lot of goats to a goat show, that can be your best friend because you can have all of your animals right there and right ringside. So you don't have to be running back and forth in between pens. I don't know how many times one of the judges today mentioned a tie chain, uh, um, because she was like, just, you can have your goats right there. So on day one, there was no tie chain. Day two exhibitors figured that out and had all of their goats on a tie chain. Tie chains are essential. And I want shows to start giving them out for best in show awards. (laughs) That's a great idea. Well, and also too, with the whole tie chain idea, you know, that can be some work that your show could do ahead of time too, is to make sure that you have adequate places either for those tie chains. Cause like, I know that some shows you go to, there's not really a great place to tie them up or have adequate holding pins or again, back on the exhibitor's lap. If you know, you have that many animals, surely to goodness, you could find somebody to go with you. It doesn't take an experienced showman to help you move goats. Take a 4 hr Find a friend, take your grandma. I don't care who you take, but take somebody to help you. You know, that's just, that's just preparation work that, that, you know, you should know if you can handle it by yourself. I'm laughing because I'm thinking about my grandpa and how he just, he sits there in a chair, you know, and, and Byron, God bless his soul. If you if you guys listeners know my grandfather, he's a legend of the game, but he's right now, he's very good at sitting there ringside and holding the goats. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's important. And and here's another thought too. I would like to challenge you. If you are going to a show and it may not be your club's show, you may, you may be there for the very first time and have never been to this show before. When your breed is done and your animals are milked out and cared for, instead of putting your feet up in your pen or, or just kicking out and doing something else, go find the show committee and ask if you can help them, if you can help them ring steward for a little bit. I would challenge everybody to take the chance to do some ring stewarding, even if it's just for a class so that the person who's, oh, I'm fine, I'm good, so they can go get a drink or or a bathroom break or grab some lunch or check on their own animals because they probably have their own animals there volunteer to help. I mean, that's, that's the least you can do. I agree. Yeah. I think, you know, I, you know, I, I've put it back on the exhibitors of saying, Hey, we have to make sure the goats are there. 
I really, when I was the ring store, I tried to preload the classes. So I would check everybody in. If this was the two-year-old class in the ring, I would check in all of the three-year-olds right there and make sure they were ringside. I think that's something that, that um, you can make sure of as a ring store and tell them, hey, don't just wait on the class. Be prepared to have the next class loaded, loaded, as I'll say it here, not like a baked potato, but like standing in the wings, um, <laughs> um, just ready to go, basically. So that's that's kind of my thing and my challenge to show committees when they do ask ring stewards, and, and I get it, it does require a little extra work, and it's hard to find ring stewards. However, they are quintessential towards a successful show. Yeah. And especially if you have multiple rings running, you've got, got, got to have ring stewards that know what they're doing. Yes. I agree on that there. Yes. So there was that. And I think the third person kind of in the triad of, of having a, a, a really successful show is, is the judge. And when it comes to judge, making sure that one, they are um, thorough yet. Um, what's the word I'm looking for, Laura? Thorough yet. Kind. That's kind, but I was thinking like speedy or. Um, oh, yeah. You want them. To, you want them to be thrifty with their time. Don't waste your time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yes. waste your time. Don't waste my time. But let me feel like that you've seen my animal. Let your direction. Let let the let your reasons show that you have given that animal an adequate look over. And that you know what you're talking about and then get it done. I mean, don't, don't piddle around. Don't, don't tell, sto- don't, don't tell stories, judges. Yeah. Be efficient. Don't. Yes, exactly. Don't one over two, get the reason in, out, lock and load. You're done. Next class in the ring. I, t- to me, and I, I hate to sound like it's a machine and, but at the end of the day, like uh, exhibitors and show committees and everyone doesn't want to be there until midnight showing goats and then Taco Bell isn't open for them to get their cheesy gordita crunch. <laughs> I'm still salty about the Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do want a cheesy gordita crunch. You know, something, yes. something else too, to think about from the show, from the show standpoint too, you know, it's, as I said, it takes a lot of people to put on a show. So really look at the committee that you have, see what can be delegated. And, and a lot of times a show is a great place to grab someone. And we all know those people that maybe you've seen at a show for a couple of years. Uh, they're the ones that have the nice smile on their face. They maybe bring two or three animals, but they, they're not really involved in a lot yet. They're just kind of learning. What better way for them to get their feet wet than to ask them to do something at the show? Maybe they're going to be the ones who's going to, who are going to do your snack table or, or ring stored for half, half a breed or something like that. Just involve them. That's a great way for them to learn the ropes and, and uh, feel like that you're part of the family, you know? And and I get it. Like things are on the fly. It's fast and it's making fast decisions and it's running a show is no easy task. I, I will be the first one to say that here. And, and I appreciate those who run shows and my club shows coming up next week. And obviously I will be volunteering and, and making sure that's run smoothly as well. And I'm already bringing animals in and making sure everything's sanctioned and it's, it's kind of a mess already, but I'm getting it figured out. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we, so we are 
doing that. So I will make sure everything in my power when I'm not showing my breeds and my animals have been taken care of, I will make sure that that show is running smoothly. Ring stewarding, waters like that. It's just really important to make sure that if you're at a show, give back to that because it takes takes a village. Well, and I want to bring something else too, Cameron. And again, this is not anything against judges, but judges and show secretaries alike know how to fill out your paperwork. Yes, I think that's the biggest thing. And, and you know, it's in, in a TC situation, I'll reflect because I just recently did a TC. You, you have specific, you have a specific section of the test where you have to do that. And last year, there may not have been a lot of shows, but it's, it's well known that there was a lot of errors on report of awards um, through the shows. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's just that there were a lot of new people trying to put shows on or I don't really know why. But um, as a member of the shows committee, we were really busy with a lot of dumb errors. I mean, yeah, not that, you know. Not that people are dumb. I don't mean that. It's just, it seemed like simple errors. You know, omission, omission of numbers of animals that were shown, omission of times when um, the breed finished. Those things are important. And uh, if you're choosing somebody to be a show secretary, make sure that there's somebody who's really good at um, getting those details taken care of. What I was doing last week was I was actually counting in every class um, how many goats were in them. So separating out junior bucks from senior bucks. Cause I was judging the buck show um, because we didn't have that piece of paper. Again, it goes back to that ring store. We didn't have that piece of paper. And then the Nigerians, it's a whole different game because what's on that paper might be disqualified because the buck might be over height too. So I was, I was trying to do my due diligence as a judge as well to make sure that that paperwork was as accurate as well. So if you have judges that will double check your work, that's always great too to make sure because at the end of the day, it's not the show chair's responsibility to make sure that the ROA is correct. It's not the show secretary's, it's the judge. There will be the only penalty that will be hammered down to a show committee will be that their go that maybe one of their goats does not get a leg because that ROA is wrong. There's no there will not be there have might have been situations in the past, but ninety-five percent of the time there will not be a fine or a slap on the wrist to a show committee from the association. It's, it's reflected on the judge. Well, and that's unfortunate because, you know, we all work hard to get our goats there. The last thing that anybody wants is to not have a leg awarded. Happened this weekend, but for different reasons, um, the goat was not tattooed correctly. So, so let's talk about that a little bit, Cameron, okay. in light of, again, with you being a judge in light of, um, the fact that we know, and we're not going to, you know, not dogging on Aga here. We know that there are issues in getting papers back. We've got that. But what are, what are some things that people can do to help maybe avoid some of those tattoo issues like that? One, I think just checking the tattoos before you go to a goat show. I think that's really, really, really important, um, especially checking them early. So maybe doing it February, March, or right after the kid, or after you do your call, after you make your big cuts as well in your milking herd. That's a great idea to do that as well, just to make sure. And if you do need to retattoo in normal years, you could do that as well. So that's the first thing to do. Secondly, um, make sure when you do tattoo them, you tattoo them correctly. So we had issues this year where, um, and it's just this last show where 
the one piece of the tattoo. So the N, for example, was in like one spot, but then the letter was like in another spot. Make sure your tattooers are correctly put together so we can clearly see and we're not having to look all over the place for a different spot for a different one. So those are two examples right there. Um, and make sure you just tattoo your goats as well, because if you're like us, um, we ta- we register our goats sometimes before we tattoo them. I've done that before, and it's bit me in the rear end. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe tattoo them before you register them, if if you do feel so inclined. But I would say I'm guilty as charged them. And please, and please, for if you are selling a goat to someone else, make sure you tattoo that animal before you sell that goat. Unless the buyer understands that that is their responsibility to tattoo. Don't try to sell goats untattooed. Could be a mess. Could be a lot of things. Well, and if I think it's important to point out too, you know, from a, a biosecurity thing and with the scrape scrapies and, and all that, I think you have to tattoo them before they leave your farm, right? Sure. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> Just try it. Just Go try and keep it real. Okay. Yep. There's oh no yeah. Cool. Yep. Yep. So the, yeah. So the, that there was a like some tattoo issues that we ran into again. It happens, and I understand that. But um, yeah, it's just it was just an interesting day here. One thing also about this show, and I do want to talk about this with Laura with you is two day show uttering up, or in this case for the youth. We might have had three-day show uttering up because they showed on Friday night, which was super strange uh, if you think about it from an utter management standpoint. But I have seen a lot of goats, and this is just my opinion and my observations, especially kind of hanging out um, on the second day, is that maybe they necessarily don't milk out their goats all the way before the second day, or maybe they just leave milk in them and they just don't take anything out. Have you seen some of that, Laura? Yep, we have. And uh, it makes me think, okay, here we are the first part of June and people are doing this already. What are these poor animals going to be doing in another month besides well, maybe facing mastitis or low production or, or other things? Um, you know, what are the yeah. basic tenets of lactation that I think is really important the quickest way to tell an animal not to make milk is to not take milk out of that animal's udder. Yep. 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 Positive feedback loop right there. We're talking science now. We are in Laura's domain. I will say. (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) It's amazing how much lactation is an art, no matter what species you're looking at, as long as it's a mammal, lactation is lactation. (laughs) Yes. Uh, yeah, but but it's just it just blew my mind how many I saw of those. And I was just like, oh, no, the texture. Oh, no, this. And I was just, oh. And then, but the goats, when the goats are over uttered, they obviously fall apart in other areas of the scorecard as well. Lots of general appearance gets aspected, gets affected by that. And their gait and their the the way that they, you know, even stand and they go posty and their rumps fall apart. And it's just a whole cascade of issues when they're over uttered like that, for sure. Yeah. I just, there's, there's not that there. So Laura, what's your strategy for a two day show you're uttering up? It really depends on the animal. 
you know, first of all, you have to know, you have to know your animals. Some animals will utter up in 14 hours and be ready to go in the show ring. Other animals need longer. So A, you have to know that. B, I really feel like you need to balance what, how you know your animal looks at, at its best with also what your goals are ultimately for that animal. And my daughters and I actually were just having a discussion about that because we've, we've had uh, one doe that we've shown for three weeks now, three weeks straight. And we've got another show next weekend. And, you know, I'm looking at the fact, okay, that's three weeks. This animal has been uttered up for a show. And, um, you know, is that in her best health? Is, is that in her best? Do we want to do that? And, uh, you know, how, how is she going to look when it comes to national show and so forth? So I think, I think you have to look at that and kind of learn, learn from past, what's happened. You know, some animals just can't handle that. So I think you have to keep in the back of your mind, is this the best interest in the best interest for my animal to show her two days at a show? Some people have enough of a show string that they can show two different groups, you know, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. Um, I don't. So then you're kind of looking at it a different way. I don't know if that answered your, your question there or not. Yeah, Cameron. it does. I think the first thing I always do when I get done milking my showing my ghosts, is I milk them out. Um, one, because we're on DHAR, we don't want to lose that positive feedback loop of, of lactation. And, and two, I just, I feel bad for the girls. Like they just look tight and uncomfortable and I like them to be sweet to me. You know, I think they hold grudges sometimes <laughs> when they have too much milk in them. Depends on the dough, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Some of them just hold grudges in general because they're alpines. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I always milk them out and then I will kind of evaluate it from there and kind of see, okay. And, and, you know, maybe they don't make as much milk as they should, or they did the day before, but I know that they're going to bounce back better. Um, at least from my past experience, for the most part, there's some does that may take a couple days to bounce back, but I know, for example, this weekend. So when we will release this on Tuesday, so Saturday, we have a show. Sunday we have a show. It's our you know, club show. But then the week after that, we'll have milk test. So we we kind of have to balance all you know the two days of showing with the milk test to make sure our animals are going to perform well at both of them. Because you recognize that that, that does impede their milk production. Yep, you correct. Like that. Um, I, I would argue... You know, I, I know an argument and we've talked about milk outs for national shows in the past and so forth. There are a lot of people who feel like that, you know, some people will just cheat and put days and days and days of milk into their goats and uh, that'll give them an unfair advantage. I will tell you that there is a limit to the amount. It, they're not like a water balloon. You can't just keep filling them and filling them and filling them thinking that eventually you're going to get this huge capacious udder if you don't milk them for three days, because there is a limit to how much they're going to udder up. So um, it, it doesn't why, do you yeah. good over udder. <laughs> that's why Laura and I always encourage people to go to spring shows that go to nationals. Um, and that's because you want to stretch those udders. You know, you want to. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of similar to a balloon where you kind of got to stretch it a little bit in order to get, you know, the, the the shape to maintain or to get bigger per se. Would you agree with that, Laura? Yes, very definitely. Because yeah, okay. and, and anybody who has dam raised before and then 
thought, oh, I'll just take the kids off when I go to the show. They'll find out very quickly. You've got to stretch that udder up a little bit in order to get some decent capacity because those first fresheners that have never been uttered up, they have no idea what they're doing. Yes, I'm bringing my one of my well, I'll bring both my all three of my first fresheners out next week because again, we want another. I want at least one to two more fills on her before she goes and before they go to nationals. Um, plus, I think some of them are just starting to come out of their prime, so it's a little exciting um, with the fill and just kind of, you know, they're getting losing some of their general awkwardness of of their body from kidding, and their rumps are kindly finally starting to figure out what the heck's going on. So, yeah, that's always exciting when you get to that point. Yes, I agree. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the two day utter in a nutshell. Anything else that you can think of back from? From your experience of showing? Um, nothing. I'm looking at my list here. Nothing really here. Um, I, talking about on the show front, though, I'm I'm booked for Memorial Day next year with Judge Goats. So uh, if you yeah. are... Cons- yes, I am. Actually, this is a carryover from 2020. So, um, yeah. So I am booked offic- um, unofficially. There's no contract signed, but officially I'm off the market. So... If you're a show that normally puts on a show Memorial Day, get emailing people because I am I've already got a request. Oh, I know that we're already working on our judges for Memorial Day also. So, you know, don't don't piddle around and hey, Cameron, that brings up something. Let's talk about yeah. that a little bit. Yeah. I have seen so many I've seen so many requests on Facebook from people saying, We need to have a you know, we're we've got a show, we can't find a judge. Who all is available? Can we just once and for all put it out here? That's not cool to do that. Carbon copy, doing a a blind carbon copy email to all the judges too, and then trying to get what rates like they have. That's no bueno either. Oh, people do that too. Oh yeah. Or sometimes they forget to blind carbon copy you and they just CC you. (laughs) And then you get the nasty response. Reply alls. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm in a corporate world, except I'm getting asked to judge go. <laughs> oh, yuck. That's not good. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, don't, don't do that. If you're a show committee, do not, do not try to rate chase either. That's, that's a little insulting in my opinion. Very much so. I, you know, I guess I would hope that judges probably do talk a little bit amongst themselves, about what rates are good and, and so forth. So, I mean, if I were a judge, I would want to know that I'm not way off in left field too expensive. And I'm sure at the TC, they talk to you about it, right? Yeah. I don't think we ever like throw out a like hard number. So like, I don't be like, Oh, my fee is $200 or something like that. Um, Because everybody's fee structure is a little different. Uh, when it comes to that. So say, for example, my fee structure, my fee might be a little higher, but then I won't charge you food or I won't charge you rental car gas or something like that. You know, I'm not going to have a per diem for food wise, or I'm not going to charge you for mileage to the airport. If it's, if it's a local airport, you know, Um, it just kind of depends on what the situation is. So the fee might be higher, but remember they're not charging you a per diem. Um, They're not, they're not charging you, um, for other things as well, but be prepared to pay a, a per diem for the judge for food, a um, mileage to and from the airport, parking at the airport, the uh, flight, the rental car, potentially the rental car gas as well. Um, so, yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's um a good thing to know and you know just from the standpoint of of um someone who sometimes helps try to get judges if you're a judge and you're you really know that you're not interested in judging something just say that outright don't don't string them along or just even worse don't give an answer at all it's really frustrating to be contacting judge after judge after judge and not get an answer Yes, you're reminding me I need to contact people to make sure that I am following up with them on judging. <laughs> well, and I, you know, you're, judges are busy people like the rest of us. I totally get that. But it yes. is important, you know, just just be good businessmen, be courteous both ways. You know, yep. uh, well, show committees get back in touch with judges with a contract quickly so that they're not hanging out there. And judges get back in touch with show committees so they know yay or nay if you're going to do it. So, yes, and but I think about that. That's a perfect transition talking about shows because I just got asked to judge a fall show. I think we're going to see a resurgence of some of the of like a fall fall goat shows, don't you? I hope so. I love fall shows. Um, I think because of the pandemic and people again are starving to start to show their goats. I think we're going to have some more fall shows that, you know, maybe weren't around in the past. I know that we've seen that with other species. Um, Our good friends, um, Ryan and Dale, who have a podcast called Beyond the Ring. So if you're hungry for some other podcasts that aren't goat related, but are livestock related, I want to put a plug in for them because their podcast is a lot of fun. But they've talked about how many shows popped up last year. Um, in response to the fact that big county shows and, and um, big jackpot shows weren't being held. So they had some more local shows that popped up. I agree. I think we're seeing that with the dairy goats as well. And and I think that's a good thing. The more shows that you have in a community, the better thing it is. So yep. I hope that they continue like that. And Cameron, haven't you noticed that just in general, the attitude of people it shows is just positive and happy and lots of smiles on faces and, Lots of people eager and happy to be judge or showing their goats again yep. after a they're year either, off. They're either smiling or they're smiling under their mask. Yeah, that's right. In my mind, they are at least. So um, <laughs> you can see um, their eyes smile. Yes, their eyes smile. But yeah, I think there's going to be a resurgence of those. I know I have one um, request, and then I am I'm booked. I have like three shows in September, which is weird, which means I don't get to go to the Minnesota goat ladies show, which makes me sad because they're bringing that back. I saw that. And I'm like, is this going to be the year that I get to go to that show every year? I think I want to go and every year something comes up and I think this might be the year I'm sure hoping so. Oh, my that's a legendary show. It is a legendary show, not just because the legendary togs are there, but because <laughs> it is a legendary show. It's run by two legends of the game. We need to have them on, by the way. I think we should, too. I think we should, too. <laughs> yes, yes, we need to. Um, that that That's coming. And they'll listen to the podcast this week and know it. But, um, yeah, I think there will be some more spring shows here. Um, all right. What else is on my list for shows here? Oh, show sponsorship. I wanted to talk about this. We're not going to get through my list, Laura, I don't think. That's okay. Okay, so show sponsorship. I want to talk about this. I, I really think it's important when you 
when you're looking for show sponsors to talk about what value added promotions you're going to be doing. So to me, either it's going to be like number of impressions, like, Hey, this is how many exhibitors we have. That's going to be hearing your name, seeing your name, like on a website, a banner or something, or, you know, just thinking about how many, what type of value you can provide, because, you know, there are a lot of things we can give our money to and a lot of causes. And I get, we get, I mean, Laura, you probably get asked a lot as well. You know, would you donate for the show? I always think about what value could it provide for me? Does that make sense? It does very much. You know, on the one hand, I'd like to be able to donate for every show. And if it's a show that I go to or a show that um, has honestly has people that, that have bought animals from me, um, if that's their club show or whatever, I'm probably more apt to donate to something like that if I have a tie to it. But yeah, think about what what you're offering in return. And, and those shows that do put up a nice banner or nice signs around the show ring or um, other other ways of, of promoting, you know, saying a thank you to you for, for doing that. I think that yeah. is important. Yeah. Anyway, I think about it like on a national level, like, okay, how can we make this better? Can we like put hyperlinks to all of the websites of people in like the online portion? Cause you know, I look at the online portion. I probably look at the national show results from previous years. I probably look at three to four years back and multiple times a year. Wouldn't you agree with that, Laura? Or maybe yes, I'm weird. I do as well. Yes. So I'm like, Oh, what place did that goat get? Or, you know, Oh, what, you know, I can, I can do a quick, um, control F on the PDF document. And if I want to type in, maybe I want to type in, for example, my buck momentum. I, I talk about him a lot on this podcast. I don't know why. Um, but maybe I want to type in momentum and I just type in momentum and I search for momentum and I see, okay, his place was, his kid was seventh. One of his was third. One of them was fifth. You know, that's kind of a quick way too. I do that. But if there was like a hyperlink or something there to the sponsors website of each of those, that would be kind of cool and kind of be a cool value add here. So if anyone from the national show is listening, that'd be kind of cool. I agree. I think that would be a great way to do it. And, you know, something else, speaking of national show and th speaking of sponsors, um, if you are one of those lucky people to win something at a national show, a first place, something in a class or things like that, make sure you send that thank you note to the sponsor for that. It's always gratifying when you sponsor a class or sponsor an award of some kind to get a note back from the person that says, thanks. Yep. I agree on that. And I will also say I have, we have not been the best at that as well in the past, but we're going to try to do better. That's, that's kind of our, our, our plan. I know somebody, well, I'll just say who it is. Jennifer Lawrence. Not only does she send a thank you note, but I think she usually sends really cute goat shaped cookies or oh things like God. that with her. Thank you. So she's like, her, she's like pretty amazing. So if you've ever had a Jennifer Lawrence cookie, it's, it's a magical experience. I will say she made me a sable cookie once. Oh my God. I still think about that <laughs> cookie some days. <laughs> a sable cookie, huh? That's cool. I say, but it, there was so much intricacy about it though. There was the, so I, I have a goat and she's, a, she's a sable, but she's got a very like distinct white belly. And she even got the white belly pretty well actually so it was very impressive for the frosting work on a cookie oh that's cute speaking of cute in speaking of yeah. shows 
I want to um, bring something up. You have on your list blue light. Yes, it's blue, blue light, light season. season. Yes. So I want to tell you about I want to tell you about a little experiment that um, I've had lately, and actually listening to um, the Ringside pod- podcast where they had um, they had Laura Keezer on there as a guest, and she was talking about the importance of clean water. And I have decided, I decided to do an experiment. I went out and bought brand new water buckets and I clean them every day. I have a long handled brush that I brush them out when they start to look a little bit on the Gunji side. And I've filled them with fresh, clean water and then also with fresh blue light. So one, they've got two buckets with plain water and one bucket with blue light. And I have really noticed an increase in the amount of water that they're drinking and especially the blue light when it's gotten hot over this past week. I mean, that's the blue light is empty every time. So that's something that I've just kind of noticed this summer. Yeah, I think my blue, again, my blue light tubs are always empty and we've gone to three times a day now as well. So um, yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's blue light season. Uh, Randy Adams had a post. He's like my 50 pound thing came here. I was like, yeah, I think I need to get a 50 pounder as well. I saw that too. And I thought, where do you get 50 pounds of blue light from? I didn't know you could order oh, a 50 you, pound you buy, thing. You buy it off the internet and it comes and, um, or you call Vicky Tan, one of the two. And I don't know what my dad does. It's a very strange, weird thing, but um, he gets it and it just comes like just the powder stuff, not in the individual packages. So it's kind of a mess, um, but it's, it's really... I, I like it. I liked it last year because we weren't at shows, but the small individual packages are better for shows. So, well, I yeah, was amazed. I was amazed how small the scoop is that's in those little individual packages, but it lasts for a long time. I mean, it's, Oh, you lose the scoop. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So how do you measure it when you put it in Cameron? What you measure blue light. Oh, well, I do. <laughs> okay. I, I, again, do do as I say, not as I do. Um, <laughs> no, we just dump that's a little. Like, we just dump a little bit in there. That's kind of like me using Fanzite cleaning out my milking machine. It says like I don't know two tablespoons for five gallons, and I just grab a handful and dump in there and say it looks good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like okay, that water looks blue enough now. All right, girls, come yeah. drink. But my girls well, love it so much when when we put it in there and I just the bot we the bucket's empty and I just sprinkle on the bottom, they'll start licking like just the straight stuff. Yeah, I so tonight I did that with a bucket Caroline was watering and um Caroline was watering for me and I I put the blue light in there and say, Hey, I and told her I already put it in. And uh, she said, mom, we've got a goat walking around with a blue face. <laughs> she was just licking it out of the bottom there. So like, okay, well, so they will drink it. They will eat it dry. Okay. That's good to know. So. Yes. Yes, it is. Blue well, I guess, so, so I guess there are two types of people in the world, Cameron, those who measure their blue light and those who don't. Correct. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> that actually came yeah, from my you daughter, are correct Madeline, there that so yeah yeah um so there's that so blue light season is here it is upon us here looking at my list here today 
Um, I do want to update the listeners. I know this has been a while, but we talked about a situation where we thought Catherine, my fiance's buck, was shooting blanks. He was not shooting blanks. So Yay. we dodged we do, well, we dodged a bullet on that. So that's very good. Yes. Yeah, it's very exciting. I was happy. Um, again, don't know what specifically happened, but um, I had not updated the listeners. And I know, I think it was Brenda Leitner. She had said, hey, I want to know an update on the situation. And I was like, okay. And then we never got an update until like April. So I'm updating the listeners now. Very good. Very good. So you've got your club show next week. So yes. um at what point, Cameron, do you decide, okay, we're done showing until nationals now? Do you have a cutoff time? Oh, that's a good question. We were just arguing about that, actually. Um, my dad and I were. I I keep getting – I have some friends, and I love my friends, but they don't understand that I have my summer completely planned out with all the goat shows I'm going to. I'm judging. I'm showing or everything. And so they just keep popping it up with things that, you know, weddings and and – parties and celebrations and whatever that that I may want to go to but I also have goat shows. So I'm like, okay, what do I do there? So I think our last show before the Nationals will be the week after next. So the third weekend of my Father's Day weekend will be our last show before the National show. And that's a pretty good amount. That's like about a, a a month out from Nationals. What about you? Um, you know, after this next weekend, I don't really have any shows on my list. Um, I really haven't paid much attention to see what's going on. So that may be it until nationals. It might be. I don't know. Gotcha. There's gotcha. Not, there's no, not I, a lot of shows around. Yeah. Yes. You kind of move into county fair season in the Midwest when you agree. Yes. And since I don't have any 4-Hers anymore, that's, you know, kind of that's kind of it for right now. So, what what Which will the Livingston okay. County um, Fair do without you? <laughs> They'll probably not have much of a dairy goat show. That's See, for sure. I I thought about that as I was driving back from the airport today. I wonder what my County Fair 4-H dairy goat show looks like now that the Jidlowskis are not in 4-H. It's kind of sad, isn't it? A little piece of me cries when I think about it, actually. But I know that, you know, my brothers will be having children soon. I'm, I'm not going to have any children, at least planned, um, <laughs> soon. So um, they will be here to show <laughs> they will be here to show grandpa's goats is what I say to my dad. He just says, ooh. Yeah, well, that's what I tell my kids. My son says, oh, heck no. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, wow. We, it really feels like we're just talking here. This is good. So, um, we do have a show. We do have a show next week. And it's 15 minutes away. So, the question I have proposed to Laura here today is, do I – obviously, I pay for pens because I need to set them up. I don't want to put them on – show them off my trailer. I don't like doing – I don't like showing off my trailer. And to me, it's just weird. Do you agree? I have never done it. Ever. Have never shown off my trailer. I've done it. We do it at the 4-H. We did it at the 4-H fair because you had to be in at 2. You'd be at one thirty, and you could leave at 3.30. So we did it there. And then we did it at our FFA fair. We showed off the trailer, which was 
again, took about half an hour to judge and then we left. Um, yeah, that, those are the only two times we've done it, but I just, I, I don't know. I just think my trailer isn't cool enough to show off. Yeah. So maybe if um, you had one of those, jo- like those, those pig jackpot trailers, you know, that have all the little pins in them and you know, it costs like $35,000 for oh. these amazing trailers. I don't know. I was going to think like one year salary, but yeah. <laughs> well, it's crazy. I can't, I can't believe the cost that some of those, if you look up low pro trailers, holy moly, that's just, yeah. and some of them have air conditioning and all. I'm like, geez, my goats are in, in better condition than I live in. Right. Yes. Gosh, I, I feel like my goats would get cold in air condition. Well, I, you know, I, I think that the jackpot world of pig shows Again, watching pig royalty opened my eyes to a whole new world that I didn't know existed. So, okay, so the question circling, anyway, so circling so back, back now. Your, yes, back yes. to your question. Yeah. Sorry, Cameron. So, do we leave them there overnight, or do we bring them back home? I'd bring them back home. If I live fifteen minutes away, I'd bring them back home. That's kind of my thought too, and then I don't really have to like obviously I have to tape them at night, but I can sleep in my own bed. Right. And the goats will be like, hey, man, we're home. This is great. Maybe that'll help them stimulate more milk production. Right. It it may. Wait, I'm taking like, I feel like I'm taking like 30-ish to this show. Just just obviously help make sanction and everything. So, um, yeah, and some of the, the smaller breeds, primarily the sables. So, um, yeah, it, that's, but again, we're, we're helping make sanction and it's important to support your local shows and that's what we're doing there. But I'm kind of leaning towards that too, but bringing them home. But I think it depends what time the show ends. Probably. You know, on the one hand, Cameron, to quote something you're very fond of talking about is homeostasis. You know, that is their home. They like to be there. That's, you know, that's where they want to be. I guess, though, on the other hand, I know you, like me, are the one who's getting up all night and refreshing their water and refreshing their hay and giving them treats to eat and, and things to help keep them making milk and being exciting. You know, is that not going to happen if you're at home? Probably not. Does it need to happen if you're not home? I don't know. Probably not though. I, th- I think about that because I mean, we have the automatic waterer there. So right. They get water, but it's not their blue light water because they're a bunch of bougie gals. And they need their blue light water. Um, <laughs> my, I tell everyone, and I told this podcast, they're my prima donnas. Okay, that's okay. Prima donnas yeah. are okay. So I don't know. I guess I'll have to update the listeners next week on what I do because I'm kind of torn. But I think the show will go really quickly. So, all right. As always, Goat Gabbers, we appreciate you listening to us. Um, we hope you have great weeks as well. Don't forget to find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google uh, Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast. Feel free to like us, rate us. And if you like us, tell a friend. We love to grow. And uh, I just got some messages today, actually. Someone's been binging Goat Gab on the way back from the HES Nationals. So that's always exciting to hear. Oh, that is so fun. Thank you guys for being partners with us on this journey. And have a great week, everybody. <laughs>